Houston, uh, we are back. Before we get into the episode, T, did you have anything you wanted to say? I'm just ready to get this recorded, man. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Y'all have no idea. Um, to my niece, Chloe Farmer, happy belated birthday. To my father, Kenneth Dyke CPA, happy belated birthday. Um, I turn 10 years old tomorrow in Masonry, June 24, 2009. I was uh, raised a master mason. So to my brothers and kings of Israel, number 19, I love y'all dearly. Peace and blessings to y'all. I kind of want to kick off the episode like this before we get into the intro. <clears throat> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling poetic. Oh, okay. So um, I said, I remember your first steps. And before that, when the crown of your head popped out and you took your first breath, as your body emerged, I waited for the most important piece because I had elected to be traditional and wanted to wait to find out that when you needed to pee, would you take a stand? or have a seat. You cried, the sign of strong lungs, your eyes wide open, the sign of an optimistic future, because with closed eyes, you ain't open to a thing. Birds of a feather flock together, and in an ideal world, I just hope that where I went, you'd follow. In this case, I want to be seen as your hero. Everything's the same, our eyes, nose, lips, and now our last names. To my son, John Ross Dyke II, I love you, this is for you. Peace and blessings. Let's get into the episode. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, the iconic legend Quincy Jones said, To know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, Everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do but how it's done. The first chapter of your vision's movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Rawls. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie Jigga Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my wild. Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number 18 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Studio My name is John Ross, Dr. First, and before we get started off with the episode T, uh, I want to introduce our social media handle so uh, we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. Uh, visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Connect, connect with me on LinkedIn. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and like my Facebook page. T. I am Tempest underscore lives on Instagram. And that's all, that's all I have. No other social media. <laughs> no website. I barely have that. Um, I actually do. I'm actually getting my website up and running. It'll be TempestLives.com. So okay. just look out for that. We we'll look forward to marketing that for you as well. 
Appreciate it. Sometimes you don't be on social media like you need to, but it's okay. We're, we're going to work on that. We don't need that. <laughs> we're going to work on that. Listen, uh, today is June 23rd, 2019, and let me start off the episode by saying this. My wife has repeatedly told me that, uh, JR, you can't do it alone. You need a team. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you think about the teams uh, in hip-hop history, you got uh, Rock, Rockefeller Records, State Property, Mob Deep, Dipset, you know, Outkast, Down South, Goody Mob, um, SUC, you know. My wife is like, you know, you can't do it by yourself. So Houston, Texas, before we say anything else in the episode, I want to introduce Tempest Green as my editor. I want to welcome her to uh, Still Visionary, Inc. And uh, right now, this ain't the 2000s, so I don't have a chain to give you, but what I can give you is free shirts that you need. Any, any, yeah. any, <laughs> you know, any, thank any, you, man. Any, any marketing t-shirt that you need, I can supply that. So um, um, welcome. Thank you. I'm Welcome. glad to be here. Before you say anything else, uh, it's summertime, Houston, Texas. I want to get this out before we get started with the episode. Uh, I'm your t-shirt guy. If you need any t-shirts pressed or printed, holler at me, man. Stillvisionary.com or still underscore visionary on Instagram and Twitter. He but, definitely meant to say that at the end of the episode, but yeah, clearly here yeah, we are. But I want to get it out because the last couple of things I want to give you is strictly to you. So uh, let me start off saying this. Um, you being my editor, okay? Have I ever given you a project that you thought was trash? And just be honest. Okay, so um, I'm not going to say trash. He's giving me projects that I feel like could be um, polished or edited, um, maybe more thoughtful, more put together. Okay. So, um, you know, somebody, I read it and I felt like it could have been better. Somebody else may have read it and thought it was okay. Okay. Um, but when I just didn't say, oh, this is bad or you need to change this without giving you a direction, as I do with everything when it comes, when we talk about, you know, improvement, I say like, hey, I see that this could be better here. And then I say, how? You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and I think that's what I've done uh, with uh, some of the projects. The first project I seen, what was it though? It was. <laughs> I didn't. I ain't have no parts in that one though. It was, like, it, was, it was a chameleon sunrise. Okay, chameleon sunrise. And I was like, I was a little. It's like okay, this is, this I think, is something. I think that was the that was the product of not getting output from from your team. You know what I'm saying? Like input. In, input from well output. Oh, okay. Because the input that came was from the team. I'm talking about outsourcing and okay. talking to somebody else to be able to find out from. Uh, uh, somebody who's not somebody who I guess would be impartial or not biased not biased somebody who's not biased to unbiased. what you're doing unbiased right. to right. what you're doing and so uh, on that project I didn't I didn't really do that so that's that was the result of it you know when you when you like why are these names like this and what is this and what is this um, that was just a result of an in-house thing nobody edited it nobody uh, looked at it outside of us too so we put that out just like that. But I wanted to change because my wife was telling me or had been telling me, yo, it's time for you to, if you want to go to the next level, you need somebody else to kind of help you out to structure right. your things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, we worked the, the next project or the other project, Plan B. Plan B. Um, so when you presented that to me, I was 
Well, you were already like you were already done writing it though. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's... I had I, okay. So I guess I guess a little backstory for everybody to know is that uh, we actually met uh, 2015-16. Well, I had known you for a while. Right. Right. Um, right. Traveling with the laws and all of that. Your father and I are really, really close. Um, I had known you for a while, but um, it was the summer of 2015-16 that we actually went to the new teacher orientation together. Because I, t- uh, Houston, Texas, I'm a teacher in HISD and she's a teacher in uh, Fort Bend ISD. For sure. Both in the city. And uh, and so we met, we went to new teacher orientation uh, and I persuaded her to uh, join the team then or help me out then. It wasn't right. official because I was 50-50 at the time, but I persuaded her to help me out then. And that's when uh, that same summer, the um, before then I had written Plan B that summer. Right. From an experience. All right. And so um, I, re- I, looked, I read over it. And as I was reading it, I was thinking like it could be we could put more to it. We could take out we could take out certain parts of it. Um, I appreciated the story though because I feel like it's a story or it had the premise to really outline what um, some of uh, like what African American men um, tend to go through. For sure. And um, I do have a special place. In my heart for African American men, I, I have a son now. He's only one though, tiny human. to him. <laughs> and then um, two brothers, my dad, you know. And I've always been um, close to the male energy in my um, in my family, my immediate family. And um, just knowing that in general, like it's it's it can be tough for you guys sometimes, yeah, you know. Sure. And. Um, I just wanted to do something or just having that story, I wanted it to really have something, an element to it that when people grabbed it, they could feel um, feel from it what I felt. You okay. know what I mean? And sometimes we think we're doing that when we're in, in, inside of ourselves and doing our thing. And then when somebody else gets it, it's like, well, you know, we could sharpen this here or there. And so that was the, you know, that's what I wanted to do for plan B is just to, you know, make it sharp so that when it got out to the public, we, you know, they could grab it and really get, you know, get, get something from it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the story came from, um, speaking on the fact of African-American men being slain in, in America the story came from we always get the end result. Well, they did this and it's because they were this, but we never got the beginning part of why they started to spiral downward. So I wanted to write from that standpoint as to, OK, well, you see a couple of African-American men in different lanes, but they're they're connected through their childhood and um, somebody's put to the test and they and they're going to they're going to make this decision. Right. And that decision is what has led people to uh, be well, that is that decision has been the introduction to people's downfall, and I wanted to show the decision up until the downfall, and so that's that's um, where my mind was in writing that project. Yeah, I mean, and that part, you, I mean, you did you did highlight um, a lot of that, like just the thought process, the the um, feeling like there's no other way to go, um, feeling like there is like a, it has like a sense of hopelessness in that, in that factor, right. Um, when we get to a certain point and not just 
not just African-American men, not just men, women, people in general, right? I think it's just a part of, like, that uh, human dynamic that we hold, that we get to a certain point in our lives where we're, we're trying this and we're trying that, and, you know, we don't know once we get to we get to a certain point of what we feel like is rock bottom. It's like, well, where else do we go? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have to do something drastic or something that may not be... Um, deemed as like the best thing to do in order to um see the type of movement or improvement or just a different just a different way in my own life a different path and so um I think that with I I, I do believe with plan b that's where you know that's where it was going you know just trying to basically highlight and show the the process you know and what we tend to where the the different corners we tend to go go to when we feel like we're being pressed back. Okay. Right. So, so for me, I believe that creativity comes from experiences. Uh, how much would you attribute um, your creativity to your profession of uh, being an English teacher? Uh, <laughs> um, my creativity plays, it, my creativity period plays a big part in my life. All right. And so um, and it allows me to be like just really be the person I am and really to be the expressive person that I am and to think about things in certain ways and certain aspects, not just in order to for my own fulfillment, but for the fulfillment of others so that they can get something out of it and whatever, get, you know, get what they need out of it. So when I'm when I'm teaching English to my kids, I think about where I was when I really learned to to grab hold to, you know, reading and writing because I'm I've always been I've always been a reader and a writer. Okay, I'm going to say this. I started reading at a very young age. I probably completed my first chapter book when I was like seven. Like, for you know, like, you know, and that may be old for some people. That may be young. But I, I, I can clearly remember being seven when I completed my first chapter book. And I know I was like eight when I wrote my first poem. Right. And so um, but I remember what that feels like. But even then, I wasn't perfect at either one. Right. So I grew. I grew. I always loved it, but I grew into like the the craft, the reading and the writing. I just I, I kept growing, and I kept taking in like the connection um, to literature and just to that, just that. I don't know what to call it. I don't know, but it's it's my it's my way, right? It's just it's my sure. life, For and sure. so. Taking that in and, and remembering, oh, I remember when this teacher taught me this. I remember when this teacher challenged me here. This professor challenged me here. I remember going to this poetry spot. I remember the first time I performed. I remember the first time, you know, just all these things. And then when I'm um, teaching my kids, I'm I'm wanting them to have that same experience. So I think about, like, how can I deliver this to them so they, they can see, like, it's more, re- reading can be more than just, oh, this is boring, I want to do it. or And writing is not just some tedious task, right? It's something that you could actually, like, something that can help you come out of your shell, come out of yourself, and just really express what's going on inside of you and what you have going on. Okay. You know? Okay. So, um, and literally... Um, that's what I do every day. Like I, I really don't hold anything in as far as just my everyday life. What I feel is what I say. Mm-hmm. What I do is what I want to do. If I don't want to do something or whatever, I don't do it. I don't, I don't really, I, I flow. 
You know what I mean? I just kind of, I go with the flow. I go, I go with what's going on inside of me. And I feel like in society, we are pressed to go against what we feel. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just to kind of fit in the lines and to fit in the boxes and the boundaries. And I just tend to, even when I try to do that, it's just it, inherently, I just go back and say, say, bro, I ain't doing that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got something else I want to do. I got to do that. I have to express myself. You know what I mean? And so even with being a teacher, like, you know, my kids, I, I would have the defiant kids or whatever. And sometimes I would have to put my kids to the side, like, say, bro, I understand. You know what I'm saying? Your teacher, she, she understands because I, I may be the same level of defiant <laughs> as you are in different ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I definitely understand that. And I, I try to, I, I try not to be, um, hard on my kids when it comes to just them knowing how to express and be real about who they are because sometimes they just feel like ah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean like mm-hmm. damn and so um for me I'm just like well no like that's just a, like you have to be more responsible in this way or that way you know maybe but the essence of who you are be who you are yeah right so uh going back to um the fact of writing plan b I, the summertime I think Forest Hills 2014 Forest Hills was out that time. J. Cole. And, and I, I don't, did he say J. Cole? <laughs> J. Cole, man. And I remember writing uh, to January 28th. When right. I gave you the project, uh, you told me to write to, uh, do you remember the track you told me to write to? I think, I think it was uh, um, 03 Adolescent. Why did, you, why did you point me in that direction? Um, what's the price of a black man's life? Yes. I, I checked the top. Yeah. <laughs> Because um, that was that was January twenty eighth. Is that January twenty eighth? Um, well, that's the that's the I think that's the line though yeah. that I was that I was that was yeah. resonating with me at the time because it's like what sometimes in this in this society we can be a bit de- devalued. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, and not just by others, we can also devalue ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of in that era, like, if you're not playing sports, if you're not a rapper, if you're not, you know, what the people, quote unquote, the masses are gravitating to, then your value is. But we even see, we even see now with the passing of um, Nipsey Hussle and. You know, just with people who you would think can be above it, they still get. You know, it still seems like they may be slain in a sense of like, dang, what's the where's the honor in it? Where's the value in that? You know, and um, when we we forget where like the 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 stepping stones and where people are coming from and how like really all life is value. Yeah. You know, it's valuable. All every being, every every tree, every everything. It it all has a purpose. It all has a a value, and you can't just overlook it because you you don't see that the, the, a number attached to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. you don't see certain things attached to it that um that you consider valuable. Mm-hmm. That doesn't that doesn't mean that this certain population or this certain thing or this certain person or gender, et cetera, doesn't have value. Mm. And I wanted, I wanted that to be seen in that, that those two men in that, in this project, they have value regardless Mm. of their background, regardless of their struggle, regardless of 
you know, all the different labels that could have been attached to them, they they had value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you 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 we want to remember that. Mm-hmm no matter what, that yeah. we all have value, that I, there's value attached to everything. And I, I mean, I think that was just different, a different form of writing for me because normally when I write, I write strictly about relationships. Mm-hmm. When I watch films and I watch just sitcoms, movies, whatever's on TV, it, do, it always generally revolves around a relationship. I just think that that go around, instead of trying to be romantic, I wanted something political. Mm-hmm. And so um, I tried to stretch because I'm not a, I can assume that you're an avid reader. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can assume that you're an avid reader. And in being an avid reader, how many times a week do you, are you reading? Every every day, multiple times a day. Okay. If I skip a day, that's because I've been like probably more so in tuned with um, just life. Like I haven't slowed down enough, but that's very seldom. <laughs> I yeah. read I read something every day. And the reason why I said that is you got two books right there in front of you. You got one book that you referred to me, which we'll get into, and then you have the other book, in, right. which I want to talk about that other book because I think that maybe that you find your your um, influences right. through what you read. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I definitely do, do. Are we talking about that right now? Like how? Uh, before we transition into that, let's go. What, what song's on your mind right quick? All right, so um, I like right now. I I I really so every day I jam two songs, y'all. Okay. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Okay. Every day, even when I say I'm not gonna turn them on, I turn them on because I, I love them. Right? right. One of them is Twenty One Savage, J Cole, a lot. Um, now I listen to that one for several reasons. First of all, because um, I don't know, like, when the song first came out, I loved J. Cole's verse, like, loved it. So I, I played this song all the time. I played it all the time, y'all. Mm-hmm. Cooking, mm-hmm. cleaning, driving, et cetera. So then one day, my little my son, he was not a year, so I'm thinking between anywhere between six to nine months. And I see him, and, like, I'm, I, I turn the song on, boom, hit the track. He He's bouncing, right? Like, he's ready. Then he gets to J. Cole part, which is, uh, shout out to J. Cole. He's my, my fave. He's my definitely my favorite rapper. Yeah, for sure. And um, my boy goes crazy, right? He's all into it, you know. And um, that that verse in that song, it really speaks to J. Cole's, like, uh, like just how he's kind of perfe- persevered, like, in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people don't, you know, they... I feel like maybe he could be overlooked. I've never seen him as an overlooked artist, but mm-hmm. I know he's not like a super trendy artist. Yeah. He yeah. gets on, he said he he gives you what he has inside of him and he leaves it on whatever he puts out and he gives it to the people. For you sure. know what I mean? And sure. he he's not always worried about if the people are going to you know, gravitate or like it is like, hey, this is what I have. This is what I'm giving. And, th- and this is just my perception. This is how I perceive it. And when he puts it out, you know, um, whatever it does, music-wise, numbers-wise, either it either does or it doesn't. And I don't know if y'all know, but as far as I know, it does, right? Yeah. It, he delivers. Yeah. But I think lately, as he's been going through his own transition, he's trying. he's starting to see, like, you know what? I'm a... I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do more and in a different way. Like I'm gonna put myself out there, not just in my own bubble, but I'm a. I'm a crossover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's as he's been doing records. He did that record with Twenty One Savage, but he's been doing records with a, a lot of different artists. Did one with just, Offset. Yeah, just to, and I think it's just to show like 
I'm here type of thing. And some and as I transition, as I make the different transitions in my life, I just I'm ready to put myself out there more like, hey, I'm here. I've always been who I am. Yeah. I'm always going to be who I am, but just For with sure. a more of a presence. For sure. And then the other song is Nipsey um Hustle, Hustle and Motivate. Mm. Uh, I love that song. First of all, uh, we know it's sampled. Like it has like uh, the Annie sampled, and mm-hmm. you got like the Jay Z. And yeah. y'all just do yourselves a favor and literally listen to the Annie sample. Listen to the Jay the Jay Z, then listen to his because like just that flow is nice. Me and my do- my daughter and I we did it one day and we were like super hype. But anyway, so um, with that song. It literally, when I hear the hustle and motivate, I just feel like that's where I'm at in my life. Yeah, yeah with hustle, I want to hustle, motivate, hustle and motivate. And I and I always, I always feel like I had a dynamic of motivating down, especially being an educator, just naturally being an educator, not just in the classroom, but with just people around me. You know okay. what I mean? I always want to share anything that I know that I feel like a help, that I advance, that I give a, a person a different, just a different outlook um, in life, and that'll that'll grow them and help them. I don't, I don't, I'm not just doing this for myself, right? Yeah. And I feel like you know, he says this, you know, we don't, we, I'm not doing this for nothing. You, yeah. you know, we we have a purpose, it's a plan, and that's one of my things. Like, is to I already have, I feel like I have the motivate motivating down. It's just really honing the hustle and yeah. getting and like getting myself out there more so people can really so like I my reach can be wider you know and whatever comes from that comes for that from that you know that's all I'm trying to do right that's some motivate <laughs> uh, uh R.I.P. Neighborhood Nip uh for me I'm gonna go uh I want to do three today I want to do old I want to do Fred Hammond uh keep in my mind mm-hmm. I want to do uh J. Cole uh 03 Adolescent yeah and then I want to do off the new Jim Jones album featuring Mano and Drama. I want to do my era. Okay. Okay. So your influences, all right? Your influences. Uh, as a creative, who who influences you to do what you do and to be who you are? All right. So my number one, my number one influence as far as like writing and, and not just writing, not just writing, y'all. But like being me unapologetically, mm-hmm. and this in it doesn't matter to me if it sounds cliche or whatever cliche. But Maya Angelou, she is a big inspiration for me. No doubt, so big. I've literally, um, I of course growing up, you hear the poetry, mm-hmm. right? You hear the poetry, but it wasn't until a like a year or two ago, I got my hands on her first uh, memoir. I know why the cage bird sings. And I think a lot of people may read it in school and college. I didn't read it until after, um, even being an English major and African-American lit minor. I, I didn't, didn't touch that book until after college. And when I read it, I was like, Whoa, I was like, what? Mm. This is, this is amazing. And I felt connected uh, to her then, but then I, and she was, it's, she's very human, very human, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so after that, I didn't realize that she had a series of memoirs that, that literally went from that, from her time as a child to until she had her son, which she was like 16 or 17 when she had her son. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on. And if anyone know, has ever chronicled her life, she was a madam, she was a stripper. 
she was you know she she was married um uh, she was married to um a white man she 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 did so many things but she was um she was an avid follower and like i'll say this malcolm x was almost like her um mentor mentor yeah. in a sense yeah. and so um and then she had really close ties with martin luther king as well mm-hmm. and she had and she definitely had to go through the step the devastating deaths of both of those um men and of course it was devastating because they were they were both young um at the time of their um killing you know assassinations and so um i i even when i'm if i'm down or i'm not really completely feeling myself like i'm i feel like i'm kind of lost i i pick up anything that she's written mm-hmm. and i can find myself in it and okay. i and i know like you're good and so um i have that inspiration it's like i i go to her you know i I go to her, I seek her as an inspiration. And then I have my newly found poetic inspiration, mm. Rupi Carr, I would say. Can they see the can I see this? Yeah, one? you can throw it up in there. Yeah. This one is called Milk and Honey. Um and she has another one. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. And I what is it called? The the sun and her flowers, I think. I, I can't I'm I'm drawing a blank and I don't want to mess it up for y'all but both of her books are really really good and she's um she's a phenomenal poet and when I when I I had been I'd seen her like on Instagram mm-hmm. you know long time ago like mm-hmm. I mean when I say long a few years ago I seen her on Instagram and I start following her and then if anyone knows me and in, in, in social media I'm very sporadic. One minute I'm like avid and the next minute I feel like it's kind of sucking the life out of me. So I'll just like toss it, like delete my accounts or whatever, whatever. And then I'll start over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I did that. And when I came back, I was like, I, someone referenced her in one of their posts. And so I went back and I was like, she it re, she resonated and I was like okay I gotta go get her books I got I gotta go read them and so Milk and Honey was the first one I read and when I read it I felt at home just literally at home with everything that she had going on because she's very um candid about her sexual like sexuality about family about just you know how she how she has treated or mistreated herself and how she has come from the the ashes of different fires that either someone set and or she set herself and she mm-hmm. just and she had to you know like really get through those different things and she's very real about who she is and um the human experience you know and some of the things that we want to shy away from you know because i feel like in today's society nobody wants to be human we always we all want to seem like we're superhuman um we're not you know and she gives like that permission to to not be um this perfect individual and should just be fuck be yourself like what the fuck what what the fuck else like like they say like everybody else is already taken man be yourself you have nothing to lose in that you know and be dedicated to that to just being present and being you you know and so um i feel like um she has been a, a very recent a strong recent um inspiration for me because it when i go inside of my writing i i release more now you know i'm like i don't i don't care who who it, if it's when it's time to reach somebody, it's going to reach who it needs to reach. And yeah. for those of those who it doesn't reach, if it doesn't reach them, it doesn't reach them. You know what I mean? They could come back to it years later. Like we all know that words are alive 
anyway so you may read it one day and it says speaks nothing to you and then you may go through something or someone close to you or whatever or you just end up in a different space and then you pick up pick it up and it resonates with you and hey you know you have a different place with it you know yeah so yeah um where was i so uh he's thrown off because my dogs are over here fighting hey y'all cut it cut <laughs> I'm sorry I had to tell y'all that because y'all probably like, what is he looking at? So I literally have a Maltese poodle and a damn pit bull, and they're in here fighting each other. And the Maltese poodle is is crazier than the pit bull, if y'all can even imagine that. Anyway. So uh, you told me to read a book. Right? Yes. And me and me not being that strong of a reader, I'm still struggling with it. I have made I haven't made progress in it, but I have made it to a point where, well, let's just say I haven't made progress in it. But uh, you told me to read that book. Um, and it, it brings me back to the, uh, the the one of the projects I gave you, my man. Uh, shout out to my man, Cliff Morris the third at Walter High School. He's an English teacher as well and the head basketball coach at Walter. Uh, he writes me a project uh, dedicated to me having a kid. Um, and it and the project basically covered the conversations that we had over the course period of the prior years, traveling together while we had basketball games, and even the current year after the fact of me telling them that uh, I, my, my wife was expecting, right? So I pass it along to you and you read it. Tell me uh, what you thought about uh, the project. So the minute that I read it and I loved it, okay? Like it was hands down, I, I loved it. And um, as I was reading it, um, he referenced he referenced the book or he referenced the title in there. Okay. Yeah. And when he, re- and I was like, well, wait a minute, who's, who's this by you know what I mean like what's Mm -hmm. going on here and it made me think about I recently um read Between the World and Me by Tanishi Coates Mm -hmm. and um yeah I'm 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 trying to read it I'm trying to read right and I definitely told him to grab a copy but you know I bought it it's in my bag right now good I'm reading that's okay because just give him about a month he'll be done with it (laughs) Give him a month. No, I'm being pa- like we we're, we're exercising patience right now because I'm gonna check in with him because I'm I'm getting ready to reread it. So a, a um, month is is that month for is that month for a, a person who hasn't read a book in a while since college or what? How long should it take me to read the book? Oh, that depends on you. But okay. I'm just giving you. You're giving me a month. I'm giving you a month. Okay. Get your. I'm get, telling you to get your life together in a month. What is what is this guy talking about? Okay. Okay. So, um, you you drew parallels from the book. Why so? Because um, this book was a um, it's basically written to his son, okay. like a word, like word for word. He tells his son basically uh, where he's come from in different spots in his life and he's telling his son just basically outlining what's going on um in the world today with african-americans and especially african-american men and how you know the devalue that's attached to you all's bodies you know what i mean and 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 he does and he makes a reference um to african-american women too and saying that if hey if if y'all think we going through something like don't you like the african the african-american female body has went through even more and it's not it's not even publicized as much right not all the time and so um but basically he was just telling his son like hey this is where we are but he was like it was like he was giving him um somewhat of a warning but more more of hope you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was, it's like, you know, and, and this man has a, 
he has a certain fear and I don't want to say it's unwarranted. It's very warranted. And it's kind of a part of that body, you know, because we've historically we've went through a lot, you know, but he also lets his son know like, Hey, you know, I can't be the same man my father was and you can't be the same man I was. And I felt like, and my younger brother and I, cause he, um, he puts me on to a lot of the books and him and I were talking about that. And it's just the ideal of, you know, we're not, we're not in, like, we didn't grow up in the civil rights movement, right? For but sure. we have, we have people before us who did. And so they, where they had to, like, kind of carry themselves in a certain way, us with whatever struggle we're going through, we have to carry ourselves in a certain way. And that way is not always going to look the same, right? And he just wanted to let his son know, like, hey, you still be you no matter what. Like, don't, don't, don't be apologetic about any part of you don't try to stray away from just you know wearing your hoodies and listening to your mute the music you want to listen to or whatever just because this is what's going on because essentially you're taking away from you you know what I mean in a sense and and that's not what we're here for we're not here to take away from ourselves but he goes through in depth about so many different things about being black and male and um, in America, he even talks about how he went, what it looked like when he went another place, like a, out of out of the country, and how he carried that same apprehension and fear when he went to this other place. And then he kind of he realized how unwarranted it was compared to being in America, and it was like, mm. damn, okay. you know what I mean? Okay. So it's a. I'm gonna tell y'all this: it's a lot of different dynamics that's in that book that I feel like every like. Every man, period, should read that, and mm-hmm. I and I definitely recommend it for any um, male with with a son okay. um, to read it because it it, it brings because even with me and my and my daughter, like my because my daughter is eleven, my son is one, so we're not in that that strong discipline or whatever. I'm just giving him little boundaries, like say, bro, don't touch that. You know what I mean? But even with my daughter, I'm like, damn, you know, some of even some of the things that I've like taught her. Some of the th- some of the ways I've taught her to be or whatever, I when after reading this book, I was like, well, damn, maybe maybe I could have eased up on that because you know maybe I'm teaching her to be, you know, um, super like defensive and et cetera in ways that's not even warranted for her anymore. You know what I mean? So she may be carrying a pain and a struggle that she doesn't even need to carry right now. You know, and not to say I don't teach her, not to say you don't teach. Uh, teach yourself, teach yourself, your your kids, whoever, how to handle themselves in certain situations. It's like, it's like, because in this book he talks about how you have to be cognizant of like our disposition, but you, but you're just, you just acknowledge it. You don't wear it. You okay. see what I mean? Okay. And so that's what I seen in um in the the piece that you gave me. Um, it was just like just just that direction, like the direction that the man was given, um, the, yeah, the, the guy, yeah, right. the, the man given the other man, right? Yeah. But just <laughs> that direction, just about being a new father and just like, hey, you got this, you know what I mean? And it really, it really made me feel, um, it made me feel good in, 
it made me like it was another dynamic of the hey you may be onto something because you you're really highlighting it's like your projects are highlighting different um dynamics of just being black in in America or like just the different things that the African American male goes through. That's what I'm talking about. Shit. Let's go. Um so today is June the twenty third, two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> we have hundred and ninety one days left in the year. What do you hope to attend in those hundred and ninety one days? Um one thing that I plan on doing um in the in these these last days is um one thing, one thing is. That's different from the question I'm going to ask you in the end, so be selective on how you answer it because I don't want you to have to repeat yourself. See, I'm a, I think I'm going to need him to just ask all the damn <laughs> questions right now so okay, I well can then, just. Okay, we're, we're nearing the end. So uh, with the 191 days left, what do you hope to attain and then what's next for you? Oh, okay. So um, what I hope to obtain, then that's easy. Uh, for where I'm at right now is more self-awareness. Okay. And a more of a more of a pure consciousness about just me and not like the physical me, but what's like literally dwelling inside of me. So I hope to obtain just more of that consciousness and just being more aware about like myself and how I treat other people and things around me okay. so that I'm honoring not just not just me, but I'm honoring all that's around me. So I do hope to attain attain more of that awareness, and that's that's not always easy. That's not always easy when we've already been like Program. mentally programmed Program. for some other shit. You no know doubt. what I'm talking about? No doubt. <laughs> all right. And so, uh, what's next for you? All right. Uh, and let me let me just let me just um, kind of paint the picture on why I asked you that last question. Well, for me. Um, and they're in the completion of a project. And this is just the way my mind works. The What's Next podcast is all about bringing creatives on and finding out how we parallel in our journeys. Right. Your journey is this way. My journey is this way. But there's a connection. Being creatives, being in this land, being in this city, there's a connection. And I just want to bring y'all out here and talk to y'all about how it is and what it is that y'all do and how y'all do what y'all do. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll pose that question to you. The last question of the podcast. Uh, what's next for you? Temper screen. All right. So, um, I have a few things that I've been working on for, um, a, I don't want to say a while, but within this last year, I have two books that I've been working on. Um, one, I'm not going to say what kind of book it is because it's kind of my baby that I've been nourishing. So I'm not ready to, I'm, I'll be ready to put it out soon, but not yet. But I definitely have planned on having it out before the end of the year. And then another book is a poetry book that I've been working on. And, um, yeah, I'm actually excited about it because I feel like it's going to really um, highlight different levels of just my existence, period. And then, Lord, I have had a million, gazillion, thousand blogs. I know, okay? But if this <laughs> this next one I have, if I can just make it the the hub for people to like really come and get uh draw inspiration and love and all your knowledge and whatever that would be great and it will be tempestlives.com and just but it's not up yet you go you go look at it now you're gonna be <laughs> disappointed okay um so just um working on that and can i say this go i'm ahead. gonna say something hey um uh, 
any dope web designers out there, y'all holla at your girl. For sure. Please, because sure. I want my websites to be um, dope. Fire. Well, I just want it to be designed dope, and then I'll put the I'll put the content on there to okay. like really bring it alive, you know. Okay. okay. Um, and so those are like the three things that I want to do. Um, besides transitioning into like a different hub of my career. Correct. Okay. Yep. So uh, the last thing uh, here at Visionary, Jesus Christ, here at Still Visionary Inc. Pardon <laughs> me. Here at Still Visionary Inc. I like to give out this token for my company to you for every creative that comes on. This is an exclusive black SVI T-shirt that I make for the creative. So when I when you wear that, I know that you're on the podcast. So that's from uh, from uh, the company to you. And you also were the one that suggested that I just leave this at the end. So that's why in the last, <laughs> I want to say, 18, 17, 16, 16 and uh, 15, 14 as well. 13, did I do it in 13? Who was in 13? I can't remember who was on episode 13. I'd have to look. But that's when I started. When we had that conversation, that's when I started shifting the shirt to the end of the episode. Well, taking appreciate con- it. Taking constructive criticism. Thank you. And he, he really does take my constructive criticism. Yes, I'm, I'm trying, man. You know, when you've been programmed some way away for, for years in your career, you know, you want to you wanna make advances, you'll, you'll, you'll start to listen. Well, I just want to help. That's it. No doubt, man. Welcome to the team. Houston, Texas, man. Hey, John Ross, back in a second. This is for you, baby. I love you. Houston, Texas. Peace and blessings. Bye. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby And I'm wildin' in my wallies, and them valleys, no Pilates More way get you more wet, now that's these Bumanti My crystal ball, I see crystal, I crystal y'all with that I saw the sign like Ace Space, that Ace of Space get cracked We like, cheers to the money guys, the willy niggas Who buy them bottles, and then they spill these liquors Yo, yo, salute my dude I see you, dog. Five bottles, one dick. Why I need some rubs? I know I'm out of line, but love is shower time. You know it rose rain when your cloud is nine. Get off that high ass hussy. This a private party. Been on my dick too long. Your breath on private party. You gon' be nice and naughty. These walls on prices arty. This the upper crust. Fuck us up. Over and over toast. Yes, we did it again. Sipping with no remorse. We gon' do it again, and we gon' do it again. What we doing again? Oh, the most.